Hi, everyone, and welcome to 2024 and our first episode of Talking Leadership in the New Year. I'm Dan Mulraney. We have a great show for you today, kicking off the new year with a local leader turned state leader, a person who I've liked and respected for years now, my friend and New Jersey State Assemblyman, Antoine McClellan. Assemblyman McClellan is a great guest to have on this show, not just because he's in an impactful leadership position with the great state of New Jersey, but because he's a genuinely good and nice person. His leadership foundation doesn't come from years of training, although he does have a strong educational background. It comes from a strong and supportive family. It comes from a strong religious belief. And it comes from his innate ability to truly care about and have concern for the well-being of others. We should all recognize these characteristics of Assemblyman McClellan as the foundation of strong leadership. Leaders who care about others, leaders that find joy in the success of others, empathetic, authentic, honest, and transparent leaders are the types of leaders that people want to be led by. We call them servant leaders. Assemblyman McClellan is a fine example of servant leadership. And he's a welcome sight in the world of politics. I certainly don't want this podcast to turn political, but I will say that if I can find a politician with the leadership characteristics of Assemblyman McClellan, I'm going to vote for them. Servant leaders serve with humility. They don't need the spotlight. They're humble enough to let others take the reins and shine. They'll always seek to care for the needs of others before themselves, and they will choose ethics over personal gains every day. Servant leaders value relationships and get results through developing those relationships. Servant leaders are good listeners, a skill that most people could really work on. They value engagement and they lead by example. We know that not everyone is born and raised into an environment that lives and values these principles like Assemblyman McClellan was. But the good news is that we can practice these principles and try to get a bit better every day. A little self-awareness and honest self-reflection can help you improve in these areas and make you a better person and a better leader. Take a moment each day or after an encounter with another person or after a meeting and think about how it went. How did you come across? Did you sound condescending or uplifting? Did people feel better or worse after they met with you? Ask yourself these types of questions or seek feedback on your encounters and use those assessments to improve for the next encounter. Make being a better leader a part of your day. Normally, I'd spend some time giving you a short bio on our guest for today's program, but I'm going to let him do that for you. I found a short YouTube video of Assemblyman McClellan talking about his background, and I liked it so much that I'm going to play the audio for you now. Who better to describe the background of the guest than the guest himself? I was born in Ocean City, New Jersey. The real Ocean City, not Ocean City, Maryland. We're all very family invested. We know each other very well. 
you know, we take care of one another when we can. So Ocean City is a very special place. My very first job was washing dishes at Bob's Grill in Ocean City. And then from there, I was bumped up to rides operator at Wonderland Pier. And when you're able to deal with people on, on a personal basis with families and helping them on rides and seeing the excitement when the kids are riding the rides and the parents taking pictures, it's unbelievable. And that's my first uh, true impression of being able to help people and seeing the joy on people's faces when, you know, when they do things like that. I coach seventh and eighth grade girls basketball. I've been doing that for about 10 years now. And then also I was working with the Field of Dreams, which is coaching kids with special needs and teaching them how to play baseball. That just fills my heart. And I think that's the best thing that I've been able to do, you know, in my life really is, is coaching and helping kids. I had to be convinced to run for assembly. Initially I was a council person. And I thought I was doing the good for my town, but I saw that there was an opportunity here that we needed to have a younger, fresher voice. Myself, Senator Testa and Assemblyman Simonson all have the same dreams and had the same goals and had the same like-mindedness to go on and improve and I think that was a good team for me to, to add my voice into and the most important thing about my job as an assemblyman is to, is to make sure we get to the people and take care of their needs. They elected us for a reason and, and that reason is to make sure that we voice their concerns and voice their needs uh, up in Trenton. I care about people a bunch and anything I can do, I want to do that to help people and try to make it better and I know every politician says that but I live that and I've always lived that. I was involved with people through my church, I was involved with people in my family, I was involved with people in my community. And I'll continue to do that regardless if I'm elected or not. You know, everybody has their walk in, in life and I think my walk is to be a people person and to, uh, and to inspire people, regardless of whatever background they have. And because we're all children of God. When I decided to run for assembly, you know, we were running on God, family and community. And family can give you everything. They can give you the common sense approach. They can give you the hard love. They can give you the good love. And they will always tell you the truth and you can always depend on them. And I've learned that through life and, and I will always circle back to my family for everything that I do. When I was first sworn in, it was overwhelming and unbelievable. And then to have my family and friends on stage with me and to be one of 80 people in this state to represent, you know, the entire state. I just can't put it into words how I felt that day. To be the first African-American in LD1 was an unbelievable feeling to let people know that there's an opportunity here for African-Americans in government to make a difference. I feel as though it's something that I'm going to carry with me for the rest of my life and carry into Trenton. I'm looking forward to dealing with other elected officials in the legislative offices throughout the state to get their ideas and get their views of what's going on and what they need in the state and what we can do to try to come together and, and make the entire state a better state for everybody. It needs to be public policy for the good of the people, regardless of your political or social background. I, I'll, I'll respect that. Okay, let's welcome our first guest of the new year, 2024, Assemblyman Antoine McClellan from the great state of New Jersey, Legislative District 1. Uh, Assemblyman McClellan, can't imagine how busy you are and how busy your schedule must be. I just want to say thank you so much for, for taking some of your valuable time to speak with us here tonight. Really appreciate that. Well, hello and happy new year to you. And uh, thank you for inviting me in a little busy, but you know, never too busy to talk to you. Anything I can, anytime I get a chance to talk to you, I enjoy that. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. You may or may not know, but I spend a fair amount of my time talking, writing, reading about leadership. And, and the great thing about this show is it allows me the opportunity to speak to some of the finest, brightest, most dedicated leaders in our community. People who exemplify true leadership, people who have done it and lived it. And because of that experience, 
they can now provide insight on leadership to those who choose to listen to this podcast. So I, re I really love the idea of, of, of having great guests on and Assembly Assemblyman McClellan, you're definitely one of those people uh, that I'm really happy to have on board. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. So, so let's get started. I, you know, I've heard people say, uh, and, and, and I believe it as well, that, that leadership's not something that you're born with, but rather it's a skill that, that can be learned over the course of time. And before you came on here tonight, I, I played the audio from your online bio, uh, a little YouTube piece that you did. And it seems that you started the building blocks of good leadership at, at a young age. I mean, maybe you didn't realize at the time that that's what was happening, but maybe it was, you know, from your from your time as a young operator, uh, a ride operator on the boardwalk uh, here in Ocean City. So maybe you can talk to us a little bit about about your beginnings and how that led to you wanting to serve others. Sure. And um, I, I definitely didn't realize that. And I, I definitely feel it is something that's developed over time. Um, as you as you grow and you know I, my very first job you know my fir first real job let me say you know was uh working at, at Bob's Grill in Ocean City and then on to to Wonderland Pier where I was a ride operator and and uh, for somebody to entrust their child uh with you to uh to put them on a ride to make their they're, they're secure and to know that they're going to be okay with the child the child's concerns and the parents concerns you know, you know that's a big deal and and you know that's your most precious gift at, at that moment <laughs> a young child and and to be able to to take care of them and see them smiling and laughing or if they're crying make sure that you know you stop the ride get them off and get them back to their parent to make sure they're safe you know it was it was unbelievable sometimes we even got tips you know just for allowing those people to ride the ride so i enjoyed that and it it, it it, it made me feel good to, to know that at the end of my shift, you know, uh, you know, people were happy with with what was going on on their on their day on the boardwalk for that for that hour, two hours, thirty minutes, whatever it was. Yeah, and I, I think that's um, you know, to say that you find joy in the joy of others. I, I mean, I, I think that speaks um, volumes about you and and also your time with. Um, you know, participating in the field of dreams, right? That's a program that that helps uh, special needs kids uh, learn to play to play baseball, right? And 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 you describe that in in your bio as as uh, something that that really fills your heart. Pe people that really care for others and find joy in the success of others, they're some of the most impactful leaders. Don't you agree? Uh, absolutely, hundred percent. I learned that, and I learned that through playing sports myself. You know, playing with older folks, and you know, sometimes older older athletes don't want you to play, but then but you have to reward them, and they see that you're willing to reward them, then they're gonna call you back to play with them because they're, okay, he's not a ball hog or he's not demanding or anything like that. So that brought me joy as well. And then kids with special needs, you know, it's just it's unbelievable to be able to, to see them smile and react and to hit a baseball or run the bases. And, and, and those things are, they're, they're so rewarding. And, and, you know, to get to know them better to the fact they get comfortable with you um, to want to, you know, say hi to you, come up and hug you and, and, and want you to help them out. And, and, you know, those type of things are unbelievable to me. And, and I, I it's, it's a, it's a gift from God that you, you to see a child smile um, like that when they when they accomplish something that they, you, they never thought they would be able to do. Yeah, I, I, that's amazing. And I, and I think um, 
And, and I think you probably carry that through um, when you started serving in public office, that, that you understood, you know, that the needs of people and that you wanted to be there for them and, and help them and, and, and sort of putting the, those needs, you know, above yourself. Correct. And, uh, you know, that was and that was instilled through, uh, you know, through my parents, my mom and my dad always were gave back to the community and um, and made sure that everybody else would be taken care of. So they they fed the pastor, you know, after church on Sunday or or they would have family over and we would feed them or we would make sure that everybody would be taken care of. And and, and so I, I've learned that, and you know, I'm the youngest of six. So my, my siblings always took care of me and made sure that I was good. Um, so it's just something that was instilled, you know, in me through my family. So I, I continue, I try to continue that on with the needs of the community. Yeah. And, and I, I think you're absolutely doing that. And I, I totally believe that. So before you came on tonight, you know, I, I talked about servant leadership, uh, and some of the important traits of, of servant leaders, you know, that they prioritize the greater good. You know, that they they focus on people and not personal gain or advancement. They serve others first before themselves. Uh, you seem to exemplify those traits. Uh, do you think about these things as, as you're leading? Or are you just being you? Uh, I think I'm just being me. But, um, but I know as an elected official, you know, they elected you for a reason. And they elected you to help them out. And, and not to to gain myself personally is, is to help them out. And I feel as though if the community is gonna be successful, then I'll be successful. And, and, and that's what, what I think my goal is as on the school board, I wanted to give back to my school because I felt as though they, they prepared me to go out into life. And um, I wanted to give back to them to, to show them, you know, that I appreciate everything that they had done for me, you know, through my years of school, going through Ocean City, um, becoming a councilman, you know, I wanted to give back to my district. I felt as though the district that I was born and raised in, there were things that were lacking. And I felt as though me being there, I can introduce people to my community. And, and then in turn, that would allow them to get the things in my community that needed to, you know, that we needed to receive. And it could have been as small as, you know, people not picking up their trash, you know, you, so stuff like that, or roads and drainage and things of that nature as you learn. And then um, as I got to the, to the county, I learned there were there were there were more need countywide as opposed to citywide, and um and and to put people in places or contact and it's not even that I'm doing much I'm just trying to build relationships and when you build those relationships you know somebody may need a new roof I can put them in contact with a, with a roofer you know or some sort of government assistance and just the small things that can brighten up somebody's day um is is the joy that I have I I, I love that about you and, and you know and. and... And part of what you said, another thing that really struck me uh, in your bio is that you said you had to be convinced to run for, for this position uh, in the assembly. And and so what are you thinking about? Were, were your thoughts on leadership there or were you just um, were you nervous about taking on a taking that big step up from the local level to the state level? You know, I know you talk God, family, community. I mean, those are the things that were focal points for you. So. So tell me, tell us a little bit about how that decision came about. Well, uh, it came about while talking with my family first, <laughs> so to get their thoughts, and then my boss second, because he there was going to be a lot of involvement with running for state assembly. But also, you know, I wasn't confident in myself. 
um, as far as that I can I can do the job properly on that large of a scale. And, and what would I be able to do? And I had to be convinced that I can make this work because um, now I'm dealing, and not to say that running for council or school board is not politics, but on a state level, it's a different type of politics and it's real. It, it's really real and, and they take it personal and people are spending millions of dollars to make sure that you don't get elected. And, and I had to learn that, but in turn, I had to make sure that I was comfortable in, in, in being me. And well, when I got up there, I just was me. And then, and that allows me to to talk to the other side of the aisle and try to get things done. That allows me to uh, to still help people on a bigger scale because it allows me to to have state grants as opposed to just local grants. You know, I can talk to to our federal legis legislative officials and, and on a federal level and, and help that help municipalities in multiple counties. And it introduces introduces me to new people. And I think that's the um, what I've learned. And um, what I had to get over is, you know, anybody, you know, you're changing careers or you're doing something, there's a little skepticism. Um, but to know that I'm not a political person, um, I didn't study politics in school. I kind of halfway watched, you know, what was going on on, on national TV. Um, I know if I like somebody, I was going to vote for them. Um, if I didn't like them, I wasn't going to vote for them. And, and, and that's kind of what I knew. And I, and I don't play politics well, but I play people very well. And not to say that I'm playing people, but my heart is, is to make sure I take care of everybody. And I don't take no, you know, kindly. When, if I'm trying to help somebody and somebody told me no, I said, well, no, it's not the answer. There's gotta be a way we can make this happen for somebody. And, um, and, and that's how I, you know, I kind of go about that. Yeah, I, I can't imagine, you know, making such a big step, you know, to, to go from, from the local level and, 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 and getting up to the state level. I mean, that, that, that is that's such a huge leap. And, you know, and, and I just wonder, you know, what that transition is like and, and, and being in that room and, and you, you, you know, you want to show that you're that you're strong and that you have some leadership skills and, and the ability and, and you deserve to be there. But there's this feeling out process, I imagine. Right. Absolutely. There's, there's definitely a feeling out process and it's still kind of going on because you go from, you know, in a, on a school board, you're kind of representing what a, a couple hundred people that were the kids, pretty much, and and trying to keep an eye on taxpayer dollars to to a municipal level. And then you got in Ocean City, we had we were under ten thousand people total, you know, that that were actual voters. Everybody didn't vote. But then you go to a state level where you're you're representing you're one of 120 elected officials in the state that represent 9.3 million people. And you gotta, and so you're in that room with people that have been doing this their whole lives and and, and different levels of education. You got attorneys, doctors, you know, you know, law enforcement, psychiatrists, and all kinds of other things, but everybody's looking for their piece of the pie. So you sit there in that room and in the assembly, we have there's 79 others and myself that makes 80 elected officials that are looking to to gain favor in their in their district. And just trying to figure out how you fit in, and um, mm -hmm. and what to say. I'm not a big talker anyway, but I'm a I'm a I'm a person that's going to talk to you side by side. I like to say if we can go out and have a bite to eat, or or maybe have a drink, or something like that, or I pull you aside in the hallway. I'm not going to make a whole big old scene, but that's how I I kind of handle my businesses. I pull you to the side, and like, look, this is what I'm trying to do. Um, can you help me or see where we can go from that? And build relationships that way, and that's how I've been able to work. You know, going into my third term is building relationships, and um, and then gaining that trust. 
because they're not going to do anything for you if they don't trust you or if you're trying to embarrass them or or something like that. So, and that's just how I carry my life, just trying to build trust in relationships. I, I love that because, um, you know, you say, you know, I just, I just wanted to be myself. You went in with two other guys, you know, Assemblyman uh, Simonson and, and Senator Testa, and you guys were all kind of new at this, right? I mean, you, you know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it, it's, it's fairly new. So you don't, you can't really hit your wagon to the other new guys. You got to find, you got to <laughs> sort of find others that you can, like you said, you know, you want to build trust with people. You want to find somebody that really gets it and understand that you can uh, develop relationship with, you know, and, and, and improve yourself uh, in that room. So I imagine um, that that's quite a process. Yeah, it definitely is. And I, and I kind of liken it to like to bet to basketball um, and being the point guard. And that's kind of what I played in high school and, and, and prefer to do is because, you know, I can control, but I can distribute. And if anybody needs to, if there's somebody's feeling low, then you get them the ball a couple of times and let them start get a couple of shots up and they start feeling better about themselves, you know? Yeah. And, and and that's how I, I, I liken my life and how I go about it is just like, you know, try to push them up. I don't, you know, so there's three of us for legislative district one. I don't need to be the leader. I, I don't need to be the leader at all, but um, they're going to come to me and talk to me for my opinion. So I know. So if somebody wants to be out front, I allow them to go ahead and be out front and I'll help you. I'm going to push you. You know, I'm, I'm going to sell you to whoever you want to be sold to. Um, I don't need to do that. Um, and if somebody wants to play the back burner and wants me to be up front, I'll be up front. I'll do, I'll do what I need to do to, for us to be successful as a team. Yeah. And I think that's what the best point guards do is, um, you know, they do what needs to be done. So if I have to, you know, score 20 points and I'll try to score 20 points, but I'll rather get 30 assists because <laughs> I feel as though that, that's going to make us better. And, and that's, I, I coached basketball also uh, for 12 years and I, I don't do it anymore, but that's what I try to tell the, the girls that I coach is like, look, it's a team effort, but somebody needs to be a leader and we'll figure out who that leader is. But the leader doesn't need to demand everything. They can quietly lead and everybody will respect them as opposed to pounding your chest and being boastful and saying I'm the best. I, I totally agree with you. And, and that, you know, that's what those are all signs of great of great leaders, you know, to see other people succeed, you know, uh, especially servant leaders. I don't need to be in front. I can I can still I can still lead uh, while somebody else gets in in the limelight and, and has their moment to shine. And, and, you know, that's what great leaders do. So I, I really appreciate I uh, appreciate that about you. And um, when you when you talk about being yourself, you know, one thing you said that struck me as well, you said the important thing is to get to the people and take care of their take care of their needs. Right. Politicians say it. But I lived it, you said, yes. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you did. I, I mean, you know, from your bio and just from some things that I know about you, I, I know that you have lived that. And and I think we touched on this before. I, I don't know that you're necessarily maybe you are, you'll answer the question. But um, are you specifically thinking leadership when you're when you're doing those things? You're not calling it leadership, but it, but it is. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely it is. I, I'm not thinking that way at all. I'm just thinking about trying to get the job done and um, by any means necessary. So, if, you know, it equates to being a leader, then then that's great. But that's that's just me, you know, trying to make sure that the people's needs are met and um, and meeting those needs in the best way I know how. And, and that's what I try to try to do on a daily basis. 
Yeah, I, I, I can see that. And um, so so right now um, you serve in the New Jersey State Assembly, right? But your roots obviously here in, in Ocean City. Uh, you served as a councilman from 2012 to 2019 in Ocean City. Uh, you served on the Board of Education from 2010 to 2012. Uh, you, you serve as a trustee for the Ocean City Historical Museum. Um, those are those are just some some bullets, but there's a bunch more that you're involved with. And, and I happen to know just because I, I live here and, and I know the, all the things that you're involved with. Um, but, you know, those roles must have done something. You, you know, people, I'm not the only one that noticed that, obviously. I mean, there's a whole community here that knows you and respects you and likes you. And somebody saw that in you and said, hey, that's our guy. You know, he's a guy we want to represent us, right? I, I mean, how did how did that process come about? Uh, first, it's a little scary because <laughs> you got you got people asking you to do things that you you never thought you could do. It's it's a uh, it's very scary. But then, um, as they ask, then as you said before, they see something in you, and and that I don't see in myself. Um, but it, I just try to try to make it happen, and it's it's hard to explain because I as I was going around, I was raising money, you know, for my mom's church and. And that's all I was doing, trying to have a basketball tournament and people would come and play basketball. I was getting, you know, 150 people to come play basketball as a fundraiser for my mom's church. And somebody saw that and thought that uh, I should run for school board. And then and me being on school board, somebody saw that and thought, you know, well, he would be he should run for a city council. And and that was that. And then next thing you know, they're coming to me as I'm working in the county for the sheriff's office saying, I think you would be a good person to run for state assembly because we have a vacancy. And, and so those things just kind of, they kind of happen. Um, and, and it's, it's the people that see that in me and, it, and it's God's will as well. Um, and I just kind of roll that way. Yeah. You know, I, I love it because, you know, you're not a guy that's seeking out any of that, you know, no. people are seeing that in you and, 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 and saying, "Hey, that guy, uh, he can do well here," and 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 that really says something, you know, about who you are. So, you know, I know you say you don't see it in yourself, but man, people see it in you, and 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 that's something to really be to really be proud of. You already had a great record of serving the community, right? And 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 now and now you're you're the first African American elected to serve in the state assembly from this district. Is, is that right? Yes, and 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 mem and members of the African American community certainly have in you someone that they can look up to as an example of a great community leader. How Thank much does that mean to you? It, it means a lot, especially when I I know that my peers and people that I grew up with and they kind of and they'll compliment me through text or or on Facebook or something like that. They'll see things that I've done um, or hear about them, and and you get those compliments and and. And tell tell me how important I am and and how glad they that they are that I'm I'm doing what I'm doing and to keep up the good work and and it's huge they they get that from your peers and people that you grew up with, um and and you know their parents and they know my parents and things of that nature it it means a whole lot and it, it and it's very you know very rewarding to know that that that's going on you hear that from you know people that you've grown up with, and that you don't know that you just met that and that's the other thing too people that you're just right. meeting. <laughs> and, and so right. that's rewarding as well. 
Absolutely. So part of, you know, just to add on to the, to that piece there, I mean, I look at I look at the bills you, you presented during your time in the assembly, right? From from lower tax rates to manufacturing uh, workforce development grant, uh, a database for uh, veteran separation documents, many others, se 17 in, in all. But as we talk about the African-American community, Bill A-2677 stands out to me, right? Um, the establishment of the Black Heritage Trail. Tell us a little bit about that and, 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 how, that, and how that can impact the entire community. Uh, it's, you know, everybody's history is important. And, and to, to show everybody, you know, what people have done before us, I think is very important, especially in our communities. And um, one day I was on my soapbox in my, in my legislative office saying that, you know, you know, we celebrate Martin Luther King Day. Um, we have a Black History Month um, and we have a Juneteenth. You may learn about Rosa Parks in school and things of that nature. But there are many great people that have done a lot of great things in this state that are African-American. And that I, I learned that in Ocean City as I was growing up to see the great People that have done certain things, and I and I felt as though there was there there was not enough um, out there of our history to this state. And um, with the opening of the Harriet Tubman Museum in, in Cape May County, uh, I felt as though that we needed to have a trail. And I and, and our former chief of staff had said, "Well, there's no Black History Heritage Trail in this state. I think we should do that." And I said, "You know, that's a great idea. Let's do that." <laughs> so we yeah. we came up with the legislation to have the markers um, that. People can travel. We're a tourism state as well, and let and let's allow people to you know to tour the state and see our communities in this state and see what African Americans have done. And and you know you can hear about the people's Italian he uh, heritage and people's Irish heritage, and and those things need to be celebrated. And I felt as though this was an opportunity to celebrate the great things that you know African Americans have done in this state, and um and and create tourism and bring more people to Cape May County and and. People need to understand what Cape May County means to this state, and I, I felt as though this was an opportunity to do that. Nice, and that's a, you know, you make a great point because we do we do learn about Rosa Parks and, and Harriet Tubman and and such. But hey, you're right; there are so many stories. I, I mean, you know, I jump up and down about Hollywood all the time. You know, there's millions of stories in the world, and we have 10 Spider-Man movies. You know, <laughs> we're doing the same thing over and over. Where are all these wonderful stories? And and you can really dig in and, and find some great stuff. So, you know, I, I think that's a I think that's a wonderful thing that you did there. And, and, and I wanted to make sure that uh, we got to talk about that uh, tonight. Tell me if I got this right. I, I saw on the news recently um, that that you voted no on the pay increase for elected officials. Difficult of a stand was that for you to make in that room? Not difficult at all because I'm here to serve um, and not seek uh, financial gain from what I'm doing, especially when we have a lot of people in the state that are struggling still. And there is opportunity to take care of those people in the state. And as an elected official, I feel as though that's what my responsibility, what our responsibility is, all 120 of us, uh, 121 if you want to include the governor, that, you know, people that are retired police officers, retired firefighters, retired teachers, haven't had a cost of living adjustment in almost 15 years. So that's that's disappointing. Why are we going to allow judges to have a cost of living expense and they're still working and, and gainfully employed and financial and 
financially? And why are we going to take a 70% pay, pay hike when people haven't had a pay hike in, uh, uh, well, not a pay hike, but for the work, the stuff that they've done for 25 and 30 years, you know, they haven't received any pension benefits from that. And I think, you know, as servants of this state, those things are important as opposed to giving us a 70%. A modest pay hike would have been would have been nice. You know, it is since it hasn't happened in 25 years, but not 70%. Um, it's, yeah. it's just, it's disappointing that that elected officials would do that and not think about the repercussions of the people that uh, that are come before us and have retired and and not seeking any anything but just a cost of living increase. You know, I think that shows great leadership on your part. Um, you know, to, to 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 make that stand and 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 say and keep those points, you know, out there for the world to hear. This is how I'm voting, and and this is and this is why uh, the transparency, the the openness, you know, the authenticity of who you are and the person that you are. I mean, all that all that comes out in in those things that that you just said. So. Um, as a citizen of the state, I appreciate you for that, for sure. Um, so I, I'm sure, though, that there's times where you find, you know, that that not everybody's on the same page up right up there. Right. So maybe you disagree with members of the assembly or maybe members of your own party on occasion, I imagine. Uh, and, and we know that strong leaders have a way about themselves. Uh, when handling disagreements, you know, I think our listeners, you know, would love to hear about your approach uh, on on how you handle those types of situations. Uh, just a conversation and giving a different perspective. And as we know, <laughs> we like to joke that you know South Jersey is a different state from North Jersey. <laughs> uh, but yes, it sure is. <laughs> so, but there's there's people that are that are raised in different areas, and you you have different aspects of life. So you have to respect somebody's journey to where they are, and. And, and the respect, I think, comes in a conversation to say, you know, somebody may live differently than you and somebody has a different opinion than you. Um, so let's kind of talk about this instead of yelling, screaming and hollering and thinking this is going to be the way that of the world. When you do one thing, it can affect 15 other people as opposed to the one person you're trying to help. So let's have a conversation to see how we can try to make it good for the 15, the 30,000 or the 9.3 million people, as opposed to taking care of one person that had one concern when it can affect everybody. And I, I think that's the conversations that I have. It doesn't always go over well, um, but those are the conversations that you got to have. And maybe sooner or later, people will see the light that, you know, your one decision can affect a lot more than just the one person you're trying to help when we can try to really realistically help everybody. Yeah, they call that the butterfly effect, right? Yes. Um, so I, you know, leaders are very self-aware and and they're and they're very much in control of their emotions. Um, they know what their emotions are, and 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 because of that, they can control them and regulate them. And and it sounds like that's you know definitely a, a you know a tool in you, in your toolbox to just keep your composure, maintain, you know, we all try to be steady, you know, right here and level. And if you can do that, um, I think you get, a, you get a lot further in those types of difficult uh, conversations. So, um, yep. you know, I, I think that's a, you know, that's an important point to make. Um, so, so let me say this as well. Um, I know that, you know, leaders are supposed to be, you know, they're supposed to be strong. They're supposed to be, you know, assertive and they're supposed to, you know, make these strong points. But, you know, there's a difference between having confidence in yourself 
and, and being seen as arrogant. I, I mean, there's, those are two very different things. And I think there's a really fine line there. Uh, and you have to be, you know, you have to be careful about that. Uh, you know, how, how do you manage? I know that you're, you know, it sounds like you're very, very self-aware and, and that you would probably make some assessment about, you know, how your day went and how did you come across. But uh, are you cognizant of that, that you, you know, trying to be aware that you don't come across as arrogant? I don't think you have that issue, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm not aware of of trying to trying to not come across arrogant because I, I don't know how that would be. Uh, I'm, I'm not as confident as I should be. Uh, some people say, but, I, you know, I've learned that, you know, I think confident people kind of you can rely on them to have understanding of people's feelings and, and, and people's experiences. And, and you know, with me, I'm, I'm confident with the fact that I'm, I'm aware that I can, I can empathize with somebody, you know, I can respect where they've come from and, and understand their feelings and stuff like that. But I know most arrogant people could probably care less about, you know, where somebody came from or, or their feelings because it's, it's always about them and it's, it's never going to be about me. I wasn't raised that way. Um, my my next closest sibling is my sister. We're ten years apart, uh, and and she told me it was always always about me, and she was jealous <laughs> because I came along and ruined her life because she was the baby. Right, it came about me, but I never, yeah. I never thought it was always about me. Um, and and so that's why you know I, I feel as though I. You can say I'm confident, but I'm really not that confident. But I, I know I'm, I know for sure, 100%, I'm not arrogant. And I see a lot of arrogant people. And you deal with a lot of arrogant people in, in politics, which is which bothers me to no end, especially when you step into a meeting with somebody and you just see it when they walk in the room or how they should be or on a Zoom cast. And, and you're like, what's wrong with you? Why, why are you acting this way? And the funny thing about it is like, we have the same title. You know, we get paid the same. So you're you're no better than than I am, and you're no better than the people that you that you that you're there representing. So let's all just kind of you know take it down a little bit and, and let's talk on common ground. Absolutely, and you know it, it's you know and, and we just talked a little bit about self awareness, and I don't think maybe they don't. I mean, I don't I don't think that people generally set out to come across that way they just they don't have the self-awareness to to say oh my gosh that really sounded that really didn't sound good I, I mean it sounded arrogant it sounded condescending it sounded you know to to go back and think about what you said and how you acted shows great emotional intelligence and 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 like you said you know maybe people couldn't care less about that they just you know they have a mission to accomplish and they're going to go they're going to go for it you know no matter how they're viewed uh in that process it's interesting um uh okay so before we go anything else uh you want to you want to talk about or, or mention before we before we wrap up no no just uh want to say thank you to you you know, it's it's great to see, and, and thanks for having me on your show, and 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 being early in 2024 is awesome, and I, I'm I'm proud to call you a friend, and, and proud to know you, and just look out for me in 2024, and if anybody has any issues or concerns, and you're you're in legislative district one, or or if you're in the state, it, it doesn't matter to me. Call call my office or send me an email, and I'll, I'm I'm out there willing to help and doing whatever I can to make sure that New Jersey can become the greatest state. Uh, in the nation. Terrific. Terrific. 
Uh, Assemblyman McClellan, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. It was great talking to you. I love what you're doing. I appreciate you, admire you. I think it's fantastic, uh, the road uh, that you're on. We're so happy to have you represent us. So thank you for all you do, and, and thanks for being here with us tonight. Thank you, and may God bless you and your family. Thank you. All right, everybody, that's it for the show tonight. Uh, first show of 2024, really happy to have had Assemblyman McClellan on with us. Uh, look for us next month when we have a new guest and a new topic of conversation.